0: The Lord is good, isn't he? He is good. All right, how many of your Bibles fell open to Acts just now? <laughs> huh? My wife said to me last night, what are you preaching? I said, I think I've got one more message left in Acts. And um, so she stayed up all night and put another message together for me. So I'm going to be preaching that one today. No, Act, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are concluded our study in the book of Acts. I appreciate appreciate you hanging in there and learning from it. I pray it was a blessing to you. I want to welcome you here today. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here. And I hope that you uh, have been encouraged so far. I want you to pray, if you would, uh, for these several. We've been praying for these for many weeks now. Uh, Lorraine Danforth, uh, we're able to see her this week. And um, she had all of her staples removed from her surgery. And so if you would continue to pray for her, she's still... Um, under doctor's care for this cancer and uh, just uh, nothing new yet to report but just continue to pray if you would also beth merrick she is showing signs of improvement so we praise lord for that Uh, she's alert and um, able to uh, uh, recognize her husband there um, uh, in the hospital and so we're, we're thankful for that I want to um, ask you to continue to pray for Doug Davison as well. Doug is uh, home out of the hospital. He's at his daughter's house, um, but uh, still in need of much prayer. And uh, I know they've really uh, appreciated all the prayer and encouragement you've given to this family. Also, uh, Linda Holly's surgery went well. We prayed for her last week and she's recovering. So we're thankful for that. Next Sunday is uh, we take the last Sunday of the year and we have our annual church business meeting and that's at five o'clock and that'll take place in the chapel in Building B. And so if you are interested in attending, Anyone can attend that business meeting. Only members can vote, and we vote on our uh, budget and in our um, deacons and advisory board members this year. So if you uh, like to attend that, that's 5 o'clock sharp, about the, probably about 45 minutes or so in length, and uh, we encourage you to be there. All right, First Corinthians chapter number 12. Paul is addressing a church that, um, obviously, these are, these are saved. They're, he's writing Christian believers, he calls them brethren in verse number one of chapter 12. These, uh, these folks have, they're Gentiles. They uh, are not Jews. And so they have, they've served other gods. They, they uh, um, different religions. And they've come to the realization that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life. And they put their faith and trust in Christ but they've not always lived like a Christian ought to live. They are baby Christians or or new Christians. Many of them, after they received Christ as their Savior, they even went back and began to live in the same sin they were in before their salvation. And Paul uh, deals with that as he writes back to the Corinthian church. He addresses those things. Um, You could say this of, of this church. It was just a carnal church they, they um, uh, were saved they didn't deny their faith in Christ but they just weren't living for Christ and Paul deals with in 1 Corinthians he deals with uh, communion he deals with how to, how to approach the, the, the Lord's table there and he deals also in chapter 12 with this uh, specifically deals with the area of gifts he, he tells them uh, that there's gifts now there's a reason obviously he's sharing this with them is because he wants to, he wants to uh, deal with this, now that you're saved, now that uh, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, there's a purpose for your life. And that purpose is not for you to go live however you choose to live. That purpose isn't for you to decide, now that I'm saved, now, now I'm, I've got eternal life, so I'll decide how I live the rest of my life because heaven's my eternal home. And Paul is going to address specific things about what the Spirit of God does inside of us now, that he equips us and he gifts us and what we're to do with those, those gifts. I want us to, to look, we're gonna study this chapter here, and, and, uh, but for just sake of time, we won't read through the entire chapter in the beginning here, but we'll, we'll be throughout this entire chapter uh, for our message here today. Paul says in verse number one, of chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would, have, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give to you understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man saying that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now these are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit there are a different admi- differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But in verse number 11, he says, But all these worketh that one in the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as uh, as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. And I want to preach a message on this topic. I'm saved. Now what? I'm saved. Now what? Do, do we go back and live our life the way that we chose? Do we figure our plan and, and spend our time and our resources living our, our plan and what we choose? Do we, do we just wait till heaven comes? Do we not do anything? Do we just simply say, I'm saved, and so what will be, will be? Does it matter what I do with my life? That's a question I believe all of us ought to ask ourselves today. Does it matter what I do with my life? Can I live however I choose to live, and it's okay? And I'm not saying even sin, but do I get to choose what I want to do? Do I get to be what I desire to be? Today, I want us to see that, that Paul is, giving, is going to address with this Corinthian church, this area of service to the Lord. He's specifically going to talk about gifts. He's going to specifically talk about how we as Christians are to use these gifts and who's in control of these gifts. And so let's pray this morning, and we'll get right into this message. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to thank you for loving us. I want to thank you for dying for us and giving us everlasting life. Lord, I want to thank you for the time that we've had this morning and praise you for Jesus, the one that we sing about, the one that we worship. Lord, there's, there's many in our church, Lord, here today that... Um, Lord, they're going through challenges. Lord, we've named several, and we've been praying for for weeks. Lord, I think this morning of the Millers, whose Lord still just aching, and their heart hurts. And I pray, Lord, that you would you'd minister to them. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing to Tracy's father. I pray that you'd bring healing to their heart. Lord, keep them safe as they travel and as they're away, Lord. I pray for these others. I think of the, the Danforths and, you know, Lord, the Davisons and the Merricks, Lord, just, Lord, the trials that they're in. Lord, they need the Spirit of God to, to touch them, encourage them, strengthen them. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd accomplish that. Lord, those of us that are here today, we need to be challenged from your word. Lord, we need, to, we need to know what you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move in this room. I pray that you'd speak to every individual heart. I pray, Lord, you'd reveal your plan, your will. And I pray our response, Lord, would um, be not our will, but thine be done. And so, Lord, thank you once again for loving us. Thank you once again for Jesus. And I pray that he'd be exalted. Use this message, I pray, to edify your saints, and Lord, I pray that uh, your perfect will be accomplished, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to write this first thought down this morning. Paul places a priority on understanding of spiritual gifts. Sometimes we go to this passage of of scripture, and we may study the specific gifts that Paul is speaking of. But I want us to see here this morning that Paul is placing a priority on understanding spiritual gifts. He's wanting the believer here to realize that there are spiritual gifts that every single believer is given. He uses this phrase. He says this in verse number one. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, or that word ignorant would mean uninformed. I, I, I want you to understand concerning these gifts. Now, why is he why is he addressing these gifts? He's addressing these gifts. Again, he's addressing a church that has not uh, is not following after the Lord. There, there's many that he is dealing with specific sins in their life. There, there's many that they're saved and they know that they're saved, but they they just don't understand that now that they're saved, God has something specific for them. And because this this uh, is a is such an important thing, Paul is saying, I want to I want to help you not to be uninformed or ignorant of this fact. Now, Paul is writing this church, and I, I want you to realize what Paul has done. Paul is on his way to uh, 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 persecute Christians. He, he's on that road to Damascus, and, and his whole intent was he thought he was doing something worthy. He thought he was doing, even he thought he was doing what was right until the Spirit of God convicted him. And, and there on that road to Damascus, that light shone, and he met Jesus on that road, and he was converted. He was saved. He, he was born again on that road. And, and then he got a calling in his life. And so this is a, a person, this is an apostle that, that not only knows this fact or knows this, this truth, he's also living this truth. He's not one that just says, you know, every one of you have a purpose and now that you're saved, you, you, uh, you ought to fulfill it while Paul's doing his own thing. You see, Paul was doing his own thing before he got saved. Paul was making the choices for his life before he got saved. Paul was living the life he wanted to live before he received Christ. But now that Paul is a child of God, Paul has surrendered his life to whatever God has for him. Paul now is going into the, the, uh, uh, Europe and Asia and on these missionary journeys and he's starting churches and, and Paul is willing to be beat and, 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 and uh, placed in prison. We've, we've studied for weeks, we've studied Paul's life and Paul's missionary journeys. And now that Paul is saved and now that Paul is, is serving the Lord, he is, he's wanting others to understand that Paul or that Christ has something specific that he desires from your life as well. Every Christian needs to understand or the, the priority of spiritual gifts. He says, I, I would not have you to be ignorant. In verse number two, he says this, you know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Before salvation in Christ, Paul was saying you had no purpose, there was no direction. You decided what you wanted to believe. You you were led to just believe out of emotion, not out of truth. Even as you were led, whatever whatever appealed to you at the moment is what you were willing to follow, what you were willing to believe. But, But now that you're saved, something's different. You've got the spirit of God now living inside of you, revealing truth, revealing his desire for you to serve him. I want you to write this down, please, in your heart someplace. Paul's desire for them to understand the Spirit is to get, uh, was to give direction to the believer. Paul's desire for them to understand the Spirit gives direction to the believer. You know, they say this so often. Many Christians can live their life without truly being yielded to the Spirit of God truly knowing what it's like for the spirit to work inside of them. It's not an emotional experience. It is the spirit of God leading us and uh, directing us, and Paul's desire for them. Look with me in verse number three. He says, wherefore, I give you to understand. He says in verse number one, I, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. They're spiritual gifts that, that you have, And he digs down deeper in verse number three. He says, wherefore I give you to understand. You've got to understand this, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now that that you're a believer, you're a believer because the Spirit of God has revealed truth to you. This is important for us as we begin to hear what Paul is going to teach. What is Paul saying as he begins to speak of these spiritual gifts and says, I I don't want you to be ignorant, I want you to understand. What he's saying is the Spirit of God gives us direction, not our feelings, not our desires, not our wants, not not our plans, but, but a believer now ought to be yielded to the Spirit of God and our direction comes from the spirit of God that lives inside of us. I won't ask you to raise your hand on this or even acknowledge this, but I, I wonder in your heart if you would uh, recognize, have you ever made decisions in your life that were decisions you want to make? They're decisions you want. They're decisions that, that you want to fulfill. They're, they're desires that you have. And we make those decisions only to find out it wasn't the best decision. Paul is, is going to show them here that the, the best thing, the, the only way for the believer to live, is being yielded to the Spirit of God and allowing the Spirit of God to reveal truth to us. No one, no one that unless you're, unless you're filled by the Spirit of God, you would say that Jesus is Lord. Or no one calls Jesus accursed if if they're if they if the Spirit lives inside of them. Why is that? Because the Spirit reveals truth to us. He says in verse number four. Now there are diversities of gifts, but what does he say? The same Spirit. All throughout this chapter, Paul is going to continue to come back to one Spirit, one Lord, one God. Even though each and every one of us have a different Spirit or a different gift, it's the same spirit that gives us those gifts. And that is very important for us, and we'll see here later in this chapter why that's so important. Because many of us, if we receive, uh, if we choose what we're going to do, it can conflict with others around us. If, 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 someone in the home, a husband and wife, have different ideas, maybe, maybe different ideas on raising children, and, and one wants to do it one way, and the other wants to do it another way, there'll they'll be conflict in that home. If, if, a, if one parent says, you know what, discipline is, is necessary, and another parent says discipline is unnecessary, there's going to be conflict in that home. If, 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 if one person in the home likes to eat oreo cookies and the wife doesn't want them to eat oreo cookies there's going to be conflict in that home amen (laughs) when when we decide what we want to do and it's our feeling and our decision and our emotion then when others don't do what we think is right conflict comes but when the spirit of god is the one giving these gifts, even though the gifts are different, it's given by the same spirit, and so there can be unity in the body of Christ because it's one spirit giving the gifts. He decides who gets the gifts. He decides what each individual needs to do to accomplish the body of Christ, fulfilling what God desires for it. He says in verse number four, now there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. Verse number six, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Different gifts, different service, different administration, but it's one spirit, one Lord, one God. It's a body of Christ. It's led by Christ. No one, no individual person leads the church. No individual person leads the body of Christ. Christ does. The Spirit of God, it's one God, one Spirit, one, one Lord. Now that we're saved, we have the Spirit of God working in us. And oh, listen to me, believer, that is the most encouraging word that we ought to hear today As the Spirit of God lives inside of us and is working in us. It's the spirit of God that directs us and chooses the gifts. According to Paul in his writing here to the Corinthian church, it's the spirit of God that then chooses those gifts and, and, and equips us to serve the Lord with those gifts. And so every believer has received a gift, a spiritual gift. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. In every believer now in receiving that gift, it's up to the Spirit of God to choose what you receive. And so all of us use an individual gift, a different gift, but it all comes back to one Spirit directing and guiding the body of Christ. I want you to see with me in verse number seven. Are you with me? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Don't. Don't miss this, the profit with all, or common good, or for others. I want you to write this down, please, this morning. The Spirit is given to us so that others can be served and blessed. The, The Spirit, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that is given to us are given to us so that others could be blessed or served. This is what what the Spirit of God does. We're we're given these gifts to use for the means of helping others, for the means of edifying the body. Every, Every one of us, and don't miss this, please. Don't miss, please, I don't want you to miss any of this message this morning. I'm specifically, I'm on purpose saying and pointing to certain things this morning that I want us to hear. It's important for us. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I don't want you to be uninformed. I I don't want you to live your Christian life without understanding that, that each and every one of you have a spiritual gift. That gift is given by the Spirit of God and that gift is given by the Spirit of God. He chooses it so that we can accomplish what he desires and he is always looking to meet needs to bless others. Look with me in verse number 11. But all of these worketh, that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. These gifts are given by the spirit. It's up to the spirit to give these gifts to the, at his will. We don't decide what the spirit gives. We simply need to determine individually. That word is individually. Each of us receive individually what the Spirit chooses. Now, that ought to be an encouraging thing to every believer, that you are important enough that God has placed you in the body of Christ to do something specific that must be done. Paul's going to go into details here. He's going to say, what's more important, the eye or, or, or the, 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 the ears or the nose or, or the hand or the foot? What is more important? The reality is the most important thing is what you're doing at the time is what's needed while you're doing it. Last night, we had a family over for dinner. And the most important part of my body last night was my mouth. I was eating. I, I was listening, so my ears were important. My hands were important. There were, there were parts of my body that, that I, weren't, I wasn't using, but then when I got up, in order to, to walk, my feet were important. Different times and different seasons and in, in different events, different areas of your body are important, but every part of the body is important so that the body can function. Could you imagine if instead of, instead of uh, uh, feet, you just had four hands? Could you imagine if if there's a part of your body that doesn't function? How complicated things would be? See, these gifts are given by the Spirit of God, and it's up to the Spirit of God to give these gifts how he chooses. But he gives them individually as the Spirit chooses. Look with me in verse number 12. For as the body is one... It hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So, all of these members, all of these, all of us that are, 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 are believers, we make up the body. We're, we're not individually members, but we're one body. Again, please don't lose this. Because the body, the one body, is what's important. And all of the members of the body function in such a way so that the body, the body of Christ, accomplishes what Christ desires it to accomplish. Could you imagine if you were eating last evening and you're supposed to pick up that fork and with your hand, and instead of that, fork and that, that hand directing that fork to your mouth that was directing it to another mouth? I mean, you couldn't stop it? Just, just feeding the person next to you? And you'd say, no, no. This is so uh, I get nutrition and I get health and it didn't want to... You pick up this hand and it's doing the same thing. You go to speak and your words that you're thinking aren't coming out. Your, your body was doing opposite from what you needed it to be done. Well, every, every member of the body, and Paul uses the, the physical body there so that we understand it, the foot and the, the hand and the eyes and the ears. He uses those, those examples so that he real, we realize the body functions best when the members of the body function for the body. And Paul places a priority on the unity of the body. The members don't exist to do what they want to do. The members exist in the body to accomplish what the body wants to do. And this is the body of Christ. And so each and every one of us are given a gift The Spirit of God decides what those gifts are. He places us in that body because there's something that that body is going to accomplish and he's going to use the members of the body to accomplish that. So the members must all be in in unity or unison so the body accomplishes what it wants to accomplish. We need to understand this. And Paul, again, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. Understand this, that you have a specific part in the body. You're not the most important part of the body, but you are important so that the body functions. And the difference between those is if if I'm the most important part of the body, then I want all the attention. Then I want to decide what I want to do then I want to decide where the body should go and what we should accomplish. My desires and my wants are the most important thing. And Paul is, is trying to get this church that's living that way. They're saved individuals, but they're they're living in sin and they're choosing what they want to do with their life. And, and they're choosing as individuals. I, I know I'm saved, but, but I'm doing with my life what I want to do with my life. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I, I, you're saved. And so now you've been given a gift and you've got to accomplish now what Christ wants you to accomplish. You don't get to decide anymore. You don't get a say anymore. Those words might strike us when we want to decide what we want to do and we want to be in charge. But what Paul is saying is it's the spirit of God now that decides your place but your place is in the body of Christ and that ought to cause us to want to be in that place because we see that Christ is the head. We're one body, Paul is going to tell us from verse 14 down to verse 17, for, one body is, is, and not, uh, for the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it therefore not the body? Is the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the, whole, if, if the whole were hearing, where, where were the smelling? See, so what Paul is saying is, if, if the one is the most important, if everything was concentrated on the hearing, then how are we going to smell? And if everything was uh, concerned with smell, then how are we going to hear? And how are we going to taste? You see, every part of the body is important, but it's important for the whole instead of the individually saying. But now in verse number 18... But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. We are one body, not individuals. Although we are individuals in that body making up the body of Christ. In every one of us, then, we function to support the body. To accomplish what God chooses. To accomplish what God wants to do. Christian, listen to me. When we understand this, when we get this, when we realize that I don't have to decide and I don't have to worry and I don't have to stress and I don't have to live my life for me, we then can understand who and what we're supposed to live our life for. God has a plan, a will for his body and he gifts each individual Christian individually to work as one to see God's will accomplished all of us here in this body of Christ we are to be working in unison in one so that God's will can be accomplished God's will that he sets forth can be done You know how to realize here in this passage of scripture that every member matters. And Paul goes through and each of these members or each of these parts of the body are are vitally important. Each of them are necessary. Every gift is necessary. Every person is vitally important to the work of the Lord, the body of Christ. And So I make some statements here today. As Paul is talking about not being ignorant, about understanding, about the specifics, who who he's speaking to, and and, and the gifts, what he's speaking about, and who gives these gifts, and why we receive these gifts, that means this, that every single child of God must figure out and must, must find from the Spirit of God what our gift is. I'm afraid this, too many Christians live their Christian life not understanding what God is place them in the body to do. Oh, oh he, he saved you. Yes, you're born again. And, and when, you, when you leave this earth and you step out into eternity, you are, you are saved and, and you're going to have everlasting life. And and that's a truth that is taught all throughout the New Testament. But Paul is narrowing down and saying this, but from the time you're saved till the time that you uh, enter glory, there is something God has for you to do. There's a work that you must do, and it's not your job to decide, and it's not your work to do, but it's a gift that he gives every believer. The Spirit of God gives you so that we in unison can can accomplish what the body of Christ is to accomplish. In order to do that, we must then know what our gift is. We then must, would you write this someplace in your heart? Not only must we know what that gift is, we must exercise or accomplish that gift. You, 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 you've got to participate. If you go to eat and your mouth says, I'm not going to open up. Your stomach is saying, well, open up mouth. I can't get the food unless you put it in your mouth. The hand says, I've got the food in my hand, but the, the mouth won't take it and won't receive it. And every part of your body is needing that nutrition, is needing that food, but the mouth refuses to eat. It affects the whole body. The, the the older you get, how many of you you feel like you resurrect out of bed every morning? You don't get out of bed like you. I, I don't know this from experience. I uh, my wife just turned a new decade this year, so I'm watching her as she gets out of bed every morning. I just think to myself, wow. I hear yeah. You, you don't even talk for the first 15 minutes getting out of bed. You don't even talk anymore, you just make noises. Ooh. Ah uh oh my and that's how we communicate just through noise now and after 15 minutes and then we throw an i love you or something in there but for a while it's just oh wow we've got to exercise these gifts your gift supports the body not you individually Every single person here has been given a gift by the Spirit of God. We must know what that gift is. We must exercise that gift so that we can support what Christ is doing. L- listen to me, church. We, we, we can look around us and think, that this world is in chaos, this world is out of control, but I want you to understand something. In a world of chaos and seemingly out of control, Christ is still at work. He's as powerful today as he was 2,000 years ago. His, 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 His purpose has not changed, to seek and to save that which were lost. His plan to accomplish his will on this earth is still still what he desires. When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, it's still effective, it's still good, it's still right in 2021. It's not dependent upon what the world looks like. God is working and God is using his body to accomplish his will and every single person matters. You matter so much that God said, I'm going to give you a purpose. And so many Christians are going through their life trying to live their life, trying to fulfill their plan, and they wonder why they're empty and they wonder why they're not satisfied and they wonder why they're discouraged and they wonder why they're anxious. I believe that Christian can only find true satisfaction when they are doing what God has fulfilled or placed that gift in you to accomplish and to do. Verse number 25, you see, where do you see it? Look with me verse number 25. That there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. There's no schism. Every part is needed and every part requires attention and care. We need each other. We, we need to support each other. We need to care for each other. Look what he says in verse 26. And when, whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. As the, as the, as the aches and the pains of life, and aches and the pains of a, of a body as we experience life, we all suffer together and we all rejoice together. It's 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 the unity of the body, it's the it's the no schism, there's no there's no there's nothing that's competing against each other. When when one member needs help, then then everybody runs to help. And when when one member rejoices, then everybody runs to rejoice with that that member of the body. That's the way the body of Christ ought to function. No division. You know what he's saying? We're not competing against each other. And the only way there would be competition between each other is if someone individually or individuals have their own plan. Have their own desire. Have their own wants. Have their own uh, way or desire for them and their, their, their reason to be the most important. But, but Paul's laying this out. He's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand you've been given a gift. You've been given it by the Spirit of God. Everyone has a different gift, but it's by the same Spirit to accomplish the same thing in one body. And it's not for individuals to decide, but, but when parts of the body suffer, we all go and suffer with it. When others rejoice, We all go and rejoice with it. Paul declares who we function to serve. Look with me in verse number 27. And this is the focus that all of us must have. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We are his members working in unity to accomplish Christ's mission. Listen to me, I think the most important job, the, most, the thing that ought to excite us the most is to realize that we are the body of Christ and it is his mission that we get to be a part of. If you look at what's happening around this world, boy, it's so confusing which way's right, which way's wrong, which is up, what's down? I mean everyone's trying to figure it out, but we we don't have to try to figure that out. What we must do is simply submit and surrender that the body is Christ and it's his mission and we get to be a part of it by using what he's gifted us to use. You know, we have no reason or we have no business, no reason doing our own thing. That's where schisms come. That's where problems arise. We're we're too independent at times. Listen to me. Christ never He never intended, God never intended on you to be so independent. Mankind is so independent. We, we, we won't accept that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life. And so man has made religion uh, uh, all through time. I, I've got to figure this out, and I've got to figure out my way, and I've got to figure out what makes sense. Instead of just simply surrendering to what God says, he sent his son. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that all that go through him are saved. All those that uh, 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 confess their sin and, and accept that free gift on the cross will be gloriously saved, but man wants to do it through religion. Man wants to do it through church. Man wants to do it through good works. Man wants to do it his way. We're too independent. Even those that are saved, we want to live the Christian life my way. I want to do it my thing. And Paul is addressing that with this church. He's saying, you've got to stop living that way. You've got to understand that now that you're saved, God has a purpose, God has a plan, and we need to get about God's plan instead of hoping God gets on our plan. There's a difference. And hear me, I think that if we were to really think through some of our prayer life, we would see how independent we are trying to be. We make decisions and we say, God, get me out of this. We, we get ourselves into something. And we say, God, you know, bless this and make, make this work. And, and maybe at times God is saying, but that's not what I intended for you to do. You keep making decisions. You keep making choices. You keep going a direction. And, and then when you realize it's wrong, you want me to get you out of it. Instead of just simply submitting to him, saying, Lord, this is your plan. This is your body. Show me the gift and show me the area that you want me to serve. Show me the, the, the member of the body that you want me to function as, and I'll simply do your will. You know, the, the foot, the leg, doesn't have to decide where the body's going, it just has to be the member. To move it. The hand and the arms don't have to decide what the body is doing and picking up. It just has to be the instrument, the member to do it. And sometimes we as individuals, we want to take the lead in it. We want to be the one that decides and we want to be the one that leads. We want to be the one that makes a decision. And, and that's not the intent that God has for us as the believers. Look with me in verse number 31 and I'll be done. Paul says this, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, Paul is not saying, look at the gifts and you decide which is the best and then you covet those. This is not a covet, a sinful covet, like, boy, I wish I had that person's gift. You know, Paul is saying, determine. The gift that the Holy Spirit of God has gifted you with, why don't you covet that? The best gift for you is the gift that the Spirit of God has determined you need so that you accomplish the purpose of the body. Could you imagine if every single one of us earnestly coveted that gift? Lord, I want to know what it is. Lord, I, I, I want to know what you've called me to do. I want to know what my purpose is. I, I don't want to know what somebody else is doing. I don't need to know what, you're, what you've gifted someone else with. I, I'm not comparing, well, how come they get to do this and, and I don't get to do that? Or how come they get a greater gift? That's not what he's saying there. Covet earnestly the best gift. That best gift is a gift that he has gifted you with. Oh, Christian, today, stop, stop de- deciding or stop wanting someone else's gift or stop determining that your gift isn't important enough. Your gift is so important because what God has equipped you to do is necessary so that the body of Christ can accomplish what Christ wants it to accomplish. And so this morning... An understanding of this truth. I, I wrote these things down. I want to challenge us this morning. Know our gifts. If these gifts have been given to us individually, then individually, let's realize what God has gifted us with. I want to challenge you this morning to participate using your gift. Once you know what God has gifted you to do, then participate in using that gift. I want to challenge you to fall under the direction of Christ in your life. Stop determining that you are in control of your life and just let Christ have control. Stop living under anxiety and stress and fear because you're afraid of what tomorrow is going to hold. I don't have to be afraid because it's not my decision. You know, I finally came to this conclusion. I, I shared this with you. We had a pastor and his wife over for dinner last night at our house, and he said, What'd you learn during COVID? I said, I learned this. It was reinforced. I'm not in charge of the church. Well, you're the pastor, it's not mine. I can't tell you how many times through tears I would say to the Lord over this past year, Lord, I don't know what you want us to do. But I do recognize this is your church. And I'm going to stop trying. I'm going to stop figuring this out. I'm going to stop trying to put my plan in place. And all I'm asking you is you show me what you want done, and that's what we'll do. And someone come and say, that was a great idea, Pastor, that we did that. And honestly, you know what I'd say? It wasn't my idea. Wasn't my idea. Well, the staff did a great job then. Wasn't our idea. We just yielded to Christ. And I'm telling you, it takes such a burden off. You're stressed, and what am I doing with my life? What do I? What am I going to go to school? What am I going to, you know, going to accomplish? And what profession do I want? And 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 what occupation am I going to have? And how am I going to pay for this? And how am I going to? And how, how how's all this going to happen? None of that is yours to worry about. What is yours to worry is God. What have you gifted me to do? And am I doing what you've called me to do? And stop taking the responsibility of a different area of the body and be satisfied where God has placed you. Realize you're not your own. And Christian, I want you to understand this today. Christianity is not a spectator sport. But rather it's a every one of us ought to be participants on the field. Coming to church is not a spectator sport. Being a Christian is not something that we just sit back and watch. But rather, we find our place in the body and we actively serve in the body so that Christ receives glory. So the work that Christ wants to accomplish on this earth will take place. This world is a mess. I think as Paul said to the church at Philippi, we live in a perverse and crooked nation. a world, that describes our world right now. Oh, we're worried all of these things are changing and, and transpiring all around us. Instead, we just need to be the foot, the hand, and let Christ decide what he wants to do and we fall in line with Christ. In us being challenged to fall in line with Christ and accomplish what he has gifted us to accomplish should not aggravate us. Should not be seen as second best. Should not be seen as giving up or giving in. It should be seen as the best choice, the best gift the right way for the believer so that christ's will is accomplished i know you would agree with this we want christ's will to be accomplished on this earth we want his body to be edified we want christ to be magnified and glorified And the way for that to be accomplished in each and individually our lives is to not be ignorant. Realize there's a gift that you've been given. There's a call in your life that you must fulfill. Find that, actively pursue it, and let Christ lead. I'll tell you, when he does, we'll see see miraculous things happen. We'll see people that need to be ministered to, they'll be ministered to. We'll see needs that need to be met will be met. We'll see the church grow and the church go in the direction that God has for it. Life will be simpler if we choose to follow Christ. Will you make that choice today?